Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered what it's like to witness a murder? Forrest grabbed the knife and then just stabbed Johnny in one motion. Or how it feels to be shot. I was immediately hit by a barrage of bullets. Or how you would react if your spouse hired someone to kill you. And he was to put me in a grave with a bullet wound on my head. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a stalking victim. Came back upstairs and when I came back and turned the corner into my room, I saw him standing there. You'll hear from a man who was kidnapped and tortured. I would do anything, say anything, to simply get away. And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about... BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match. Which means if you and your counselor don't match for whatever reason, 
They make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cup of murder. Can a murderer be rehabilitated? It's something many argue, and there really is no black and white answer. On September 6, 1971, a man brutally slayed almost his entire family without even thinking twice. A man that, given how he led the rest of his life, had many believing in the prospect of rehabilitation. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Clifford Cecil Bartholomew and Heather Alice Bartholomew seemed to have a good life on the surface. Though like every marriage, it was not without its setbacks. The pair married and soon gave Heather's daughter from a previous marriage seven other siblings to grow up with though one did die as an infant, and the large family all lived together in a cottage in Hope Forest, Australia, owned by Clifford's dairy farm employer with whom he had worked for for over a decade. Described as a happy marriage, the relationship began to hit a snag when, in 1971, an ex-serviceman who was recovering from his wounds began living in their house. The man's presence made Clifford's mind wander, and when he tried to speak with his wife about his suspicions, she told him that he was imagining things. But shortly after their talk, Heather began neglecting Clifford as both a father and a husband. She would do things like wash the entire family's clothing, including their guests, but leave Clifford's soiled clothing right where he had left it, and soon, the jealous man started to feel alienation coming from his children as well as his wife. So he left and moved into his mother's house, making arrangements to see his family on holidays, like the upcoming Father's Day. On September 5th, 1971, Clifford Bartholomew bought some drinks and sweets for his trip to see his family. But when Heather eventually arrived, she barely acknowledged his presence and his children seemed none too pleased with their father's visit. The rejection from his own family, his own flesh and blood, was too much for him to handle. And realizing a reconciliation was not in their future, he left the farm feeling pretty bleak. That night, after hours of tossing and turning, Clifford devised a plan. Feeling as though he could not trust his despondent wife to care for their children, he decided to get rid of the problem, get rid of the woman he thought was taking his kids away from him. The plan was to knock Heather out, carry her somewhere secluded, and shoot her to death. That way, he would be the sole provider and carer for his children. But late that evening on September 6th, he walked into the cottage he once shared with his family and shot his 40-year-old wife, Heather, their 19-year-old son, Kenneth, 17-year-old daughter, Christine, 15-year-old Sharon, 13-year-old Helen, 10-year-old Gregory, 7-year-old Roger, 4-year-old Sandra, and because it was a holiday, Heather's 26-year-old sister, Winnis Mary Keene, and her 18-year-old son, Daniel Brian Sean Keene, 
who became his last victim after taking a break to drink some beer and remembering that he was still alive. Neville and Christine, who begged her father not to shoot, were beaten with a mallet prior to being shot at close range in the head like the rest of their family. Niece Nolene Paltridge just narrowly escaped being his 11th victim when her stepbrother made her leave the Bartholomew farmhouse instead of staying the night because he felt that, quote, something wasn't right. She lived in fear for most of her life that her uncle would come after her and finish the job. Turned out, she had very little to fear. But more on that in a minute. Clifford's complete family annihilation is considered the worst mass family murder in Australian history. Clifford claimed the reason he killed his wife was because the alleged affair made him snap. And worried what her murder would do to his children, he decided to end their lives as well. Later saying that the, quote, screaming noises that was splitting my head wide open and that horrible look on my wife's face, I couldn't control my actions. When police finished investigating the crime, they found no evidence that Heather was having an affair. When Clifford finished his heinous acts, he made some coffee, took some aspirin, covered all the body with blankets, and called the local doctor to explain what had just occurred. When police arrived early that morning prepared to arrest the remorseful culprit, he was sitting at the kitchen table with an empty bottle of Bacardi sitting beside him. The case was pretty straightforward. Clifford was admitting to what happened, saying to police that he had to kill all of his family and that he loved his children too much to leave them behind. He was arrested and sentenced to death on November 23, 1971, after pleading guilty to his crimes. That sentence was later commuted to life imprisonment. And remarkably, Clifford was released on parole just a little over eight years after the murders. The decision to release him was, of course, a pretty controversial one, completely denounced as reprehensible by the Australian Government Workers Association. Once free to do as he pleased, Clifford assumed a new identity, though he did keep his name Clifford, and lived out the rest of his life as a loving husband, step and then adopted father of seven, and grandfather known affectionately as Poppy Cliff. When Clifford Bartholomew, now Palmer, died at the ripe age of 72, his family had no clue the life he had led before entering their lives. According to one of his stepsons, the family only knew about the murder of his former wife, whom he had caught cheating on him with another man. It was only when the family was cleaning out the contents of the home in Victoria that he shared with his newly deceased wife that they found his old criminal papers and realized the extent to Poppy Cliff's horrific past. The stepson went on to say, I couldn't believe it. None of us can. To know the full story is horrendous. He just isn't the man we thought we knew. He never disrespected our mother, and they hardly had a raised voice in more than 20 years together. He was a gentleman. He loved us, and we loved him. Clifford, one of Australia's worst killers, died a free man who, remarkably never killed again. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 7th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.